0: please spread the word about my shows. I'm an independent creator, and I would really appreciate it. I make K-pop guides, as well as I have exclusive interviews with songwriters, journalists, the artists themselves, best new music roundup episodes, artist-specific deep dive episodes, episodes about the history of K-pop, all sorts of content is covered. So to get your fill and support an independent creator, please check out 17 Karat K-pop wherever you get your podcasts, and view an episode guide at howtostan.substack.com. Hello everybody! Welcome back to Seventeen Karat K-Pop. and citizens how are you liking Two Baddies? I love it so so much. We have to talk about it because there's a lot to say. I do want to get my personal bias out of the way right off the bat. Just want to make the disclaimer that as I review this album track by track, you know I'm a diehard N-Citizen. Definitely shapes my view of it, but even from an objective music critic perspective, which I always try to have as much as possible, I really think this is a very well done album. The objective reasons why I Love NCT are related to this objective, but they are there. There are objective reasons. The reason that I'm a genuine fan is because of some objective variables. They just have objectively high quality work. I know this title track isn't for everyone, but honestly, I really, really think it's peak NCT, and I will get into why later, but it's better than you think it is. It grows on you. So keep an open mind when checking out the album and replaying that title track. Enough blabbering about in defense of two baddies this on. The biggest things to note that they've said on their press tour so far. First of all, Mark said they're actually working on new music already. As a recording time unconfirmed, but supposed to be a quick follow-up, which definitely, I'm 99% sure, means we're getting an album repackaged pretty soon. I should have seen that coming, especially after spending money on the unrepackaged version. Capitalism wins again. This is something I always sort of forget about, the quick repackages. But anyway... Really hoping they go all out when naming this, like make it three baddies or two good boys, two good boys in a minivan. There are a lot of fun puns to have, so I hope they do that. But then again, the repackages never seem to be an extension of the theme of the unrepackaged. Like last time we got a rodeo and then all of a sudden they're vampires, so you never know johnny revealed that he participated the most after hours the most extra effort into putting every piece of this together and the members were very invested in every piece of this very hands-on you could tell that desire to be more hands-on stems from this natural growth in their true confidence they've always had kind of a confident persona but yuda especially brought out how much more organic their confidence they show at press events and stuff is they're better at self-promo now, not as self-conscious about it. You could definitely sense that with Doyun too. He even called this album a masterpiece. What has always impressed me so, so much about NCT is how they are able to leave a strong impact with just one variable. Like, just the instrumental is a standout on its own. It was actually quite bold of them, I think, to debut with Fire Truck, which has a very instrumental-focused chorus. So since day one, they've kind of gone against the grain of what is considered the ideal template for K-pop song success. They didn't worry about putting a catchy hook in the chorus, really. Just letting the instruments, letting their presence be, commanding enough on its own. They had similarly big impacts, even just with instrumentals, with wake up and dreaming. The bridge in dreaming? I mean, come on. The bridge in wake up, too. They also use sound from their early days, too, to bring to life this huge, immersive listening experience. There's so much going on, dogs woofing and car engines revving up. That's why I compare listening to it to, like, N city. In my review at howtostandatsubstack.com, shameless plug, I kind of use that analogy of an end city, of a city. Like, you're getting a tourist ride through the city. You're hearing a lot of hustle and bustle, sounds from every which way, so many voices echoing each other, throwing in ad libs to back each other up, hearing sounds of a city, sirens, a gym coach's whistle, etc. So this big collection of sounds really pulls you in as a listener. And they were doing that since their early days. I was reminded while listening to this new album of how they do that so well with such layered instrumentals and how since the early days, there are a lot of elements that remind me of their early day work, but we'll get to that. But first of all, it's the instrumentals and how just much they go off and are worthy of foot tapping and head baiting on their own, even setting aside everything else. Mad City came to mind especially with that concept of really putting you in the center of the action as a listener, with that constant buzz in the background, so much going on sonically. The album begins with Faster, which really just does everything it had to do for me. As an autistic fan, as I've talked about before, I feel music very intensely. And so certain music that just pushes all the right buttons in my brain, untangles the wires that never seem to just link up like they should, suddenly cooperate. Music is such a blessing when it does that. This music did that for me for sure, right away with that first song. The sound effects reminded me of Bring the Noise, The lyrics, like, hell no. I love that because it's just so classically them to throw in seemingly off-the-cuff comments like that. What also caught my ear was the lyric about a flag, a checkered flag, obviously to go with the racing concept. But flags have been a key detail in their videos, I think, for a while. The sticker era, Cherry Bomb, Wavy's Takeoff, NCT Dreams We Go Up. Just the first of many, possibly unintentional, possibly not. Details worth noting if you want to be like me and really analyze the heck out of this release. Two Baddies is a song with a Korean translation of full speed ahead, basically. The racing theme, racetrack references to cars, all again reminiscent for me of their sticker era and cherry bomb. And kick it with the motorcycles. The song also revisits the theme of being limitless, as well as going to the moon, talking about going out of this world. Literally, money and manner made me think of all the money and manners you could say were part of the regular concept. When they say 0 to 100 on the highest speed, my life is a highway made for myself, that seems to be a reference to both their song 100 and maybe 0 mile and highway to heaven. The song is chock full of possible references, if you really want to read into it, which you know I do. One reason I think this song disappointed some fans is because some critics say it kind of didn't utilize their voices to the fullest. I kind of got to disagree. do still brought his A-game, Tail brought his A-game, the personality, as always, was still there. All of the details that you don't notice unless you really listen closely to their music, really listen to and pay attention to every detail, you pick up on all the details. The crosstalk, the laugh, the high notes, the ad libs, what makes the personality pop and makes music their own? They add their own flavor to Two Baddies. It's not just some gimmicky thing, it's really their own personalized song, their own twist on this new type of subgenre. I would also argue, from an outside perspective, this whole song about Two Baddies, One Porsche might sound pretty gimmicky or lame. But if you're an N-Citizen, you know that's kind of their brand. The whole thing is kind of cringe, weirdo, fun. I mean, we're the fandom saying that's the case, though. We're the fandom saying whoop, 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 truck!" right? That's part of the fun, is you're supposed to kind of forget what's called cringe and just embrace being kind of dorky in your lyrics and stuff. I mean, later they do that on the song Tasty, talking about savage outlaws, rock solid, no flaws. That's classic NCT to me. Their whole gimmick is to embrace the gimmick to an extent that makes you think, are you for real? And they are. Just unflinchingly against the trends. Unflinchingly against following certain guidelines about what's cool or what's fitting in. Just so unapologetic, from day one with firetruck. So to me, the Sun 2 baddies is so them. And so to say it's not really them or it's kind of a trend I just don't agree with. I think it's still very much their kind of song, especially at the end with the, the twist. They always add twists you don't expect. At the end, they add the Na Na Na's, which really hooks you, and reminded me of Far and Sherry Bomb. Okay, I know those are probably coincidences, but still, I'm just saying, this release really fits into the canon. Time Lapse is a song where Hei actually said he tried to make his vocal delivery fairy tale-like, his word choice. And they did, in interviews recently, when talking about these tracks, say it's overt. They intentionally do try to change up their delivery to match each song, and I think they do that with flying colors. They channel a different vibe for time-lapse, which is more R&B. The lyrics in this song are about, quote, longing for a lover who passed between reality and dreams, unquote. Remember in Johnny's Regulate monologue, he said, all we see is but a dream within a dream. And the regular, irregular official description was a compilation of tracks that, quote, bridge the dream world with reality. So this theme of blurring those lines between dreams and reality is overtly back. Particularly poetic lyrics that tie into their overall reality dream blurring theme include this. In a dream with no time difference, the day and night remain after the light is lost. Even if I call you, I can't reach you. A night in which I locked myself up. This long tunnel-like soul that's been wandering here has lost its mind. I am unconsciously drawn to you. Throw this reality into a dream. Timeless. A rewinding dream. The time called you turns in the opposite direction. This time lapse that I can't get out of. They seem to reference so many past eras in time lapse, which makes the title very apt. They have the incoming line, like in Sticker. It starts out with arcade game noises, like from Regular. Subtle strings play into the picture at the end, just like they did Scattered in Dreaming. A voice says, and now the ringer, just like in Cherry Bomb. Jaehyun does a whisper rap type of thing in Bring the Noise, too. And of course, they reference time in this infinite endless loop, a concept they've revisited infinite times. Crash Landing was made by quite the iconic trio, Emily, Junie, and Kenzie, who most recently is known for Girls' Generations Forever 1, Keys Gasoline, and SM Entertainment Powerhouse. This is definitely a song for fans of the song Pilot from them. Not sure if Pilot and Crash Landing were meant to sound kind of similar for the sake of the theme, but there you go. Crash Landing reminded me of their past work in some little details. The very abrupt endings, like on Lemonade, Once Again, Mad City, The references to going to another planet again, going to another level, trying to make time stop, very on-brand. Plus the funky flute trilling that was from Sticker as well. Not exactly, but still. What makes some songs particularly stand out to me in NCT's discography are the ones that do what this song did. My all-time favorite from NCT Chain did this too where they have this whole the game's all here vibe to the middle of the song. You got the high notes, the incredible vocals, you've got Tayon rapping his socks off, the very funky standout instrumental, so much happening, layers of suspense building, because at first it's like Tayon's rap is the suspenseful peak, but then comes the high note from Tail, so iconic anyway. They did that kind of thing again where they decided, no, the middle of the song, so many voices are going to do their own thing, so many of you are coming together to make this an event. The poetic lyrics from this track include, To meet you in my dreams is the hidden verse on my wish list, unquote, as well as talking about a secret island, a beautiful land where the flowers bloom. Designer has some sonic parallels to another world, back to you, with that intercom phone receiver vocal filter. The whole theme of Designer 2 brought to mind the Sticker era because in Sticker, they sing You're the main character in my masterpiece. That's kind of the same theme of this track. It's a romantic hip-hop and R&B song. Gold Dust reminds me a little bit of the J-Rock group Overworld, which is a very good thing. The finale to that song is so stunning, with j hans vocals, the unexpected guitar strumming thrown in there, really well done. So much about the lyrics in Dust bring to mind the story of Favorite. So much about the sea, going to see the dark sea during the day, talking about a romantic date in a very poetic way, and worrying that you'll wake up from this dream date, basically. I love this lyric so much. Lying on the ripples of the embroidered night sky. Perhaps you don't know how pretty your light is. Black Clouds is slowly becoming my favorite, honestly. Really well done. I think that's the song that could win over the most non-K-pop listeners. It has the most crossover fan potential. It once again kind of reminds me of their past work with hei singing in the intro in this echoey distant voice. Reminding me of the voice echoing in the background of Mad City. The Mad City they're talking about might have black clouds. Taeyong's finale, very SoundCloud-esque electronic filter on his voice. Love that for him. The whole theme of this song is being caught in a downpour, literally and metaphorically, getting rained on your parade, and comparing your time as being in like a black and white movie, stuck in the past. That whole reference to a black and white movie not only brought to mind to me all of their past references in music videos too, color being added to their black and white world, like in Yesterday, the Stage Zero 2020 video. Also reminded me of their whole movie within a movie, show within a show premise too. And those were related to a relationship before, too. Remember, in some Resonance videos, this optical illusion of sorts happens, where this black-and-white beach is seen with the girl on it, the mystery girl, but it turns out she wasn't really there. It's a long story. These lines remind me so, so much of the story of Favorite, which is a series of monologues I broke down bit by bit in the episode of NCT Talk called Favorite, talking about your eyes are big as if you were surprised, My awkward greeting, the deepening contrast between you and I. Gold Dust, Black Clouds, and the next song we're going to talk about, Playback, are different perspectives on a different type of love. So each one kind of tells a different story related to love. And because Black Clouds reminds me so much of the story of Favorite, their teaser film before that video dropped, maybe each of the three songs in this trilogy are kind of paying tribute to the story of a previous era, a different NCT era. Something to think about. There's some really fun twists in this song. Very unexpected zigzagging. As well as the continued theme about time being feeling stuck or worth disrupting the flow of. Looking for a lost lover. Regretting not being able to go back and retrieve more time with someone. Cherish more memories with them. There's a really thought-provoking moment when they say time can't be medicine. Tasty is one of the most fun, classically on-brand, cringe-in-a-good-way NCT songs. Really, really in the vein of Lemonade. Another great example of With the Bicycle Bell Ringing, them really putting you into this feeling like you're in city, escaping into city as you listen to the album. There's also a little laugh that reminds me of the laugh in another world. Also, on Limitless, there was that funky post-chorus EDM breakdown. There's a similar funky moment in the bridge here. Not similar sounding, but just similar format-wise. There are a lot of references, again, I think, to the favorite era in the whole vampire concept. They have all these lyrics that are quite... I keep the show G-rated, really, but, you know, mature lyrics about a, an intense, steamy moment. You're like an evil character you transform into, definitely reminiscent of their whole vampire storyline, but now they talk about feeling like they are crazy with sharp hands, maybe thorns. They are turning into a big, bad wolf, etc. There's actually a lyric about blood in here, the good kind of pain, those kind of lyrics. On a more wholesome note, Vitamin is the next song, which is again classically them, where they decide to go all out on the drama despite the theme. The most mundane of activities, and you'll get do singing like, do the laundry or whatever you want him to sing. Like, they will make sure, no, the drama is staying. So they sing Take a Vitamin with all the passion of a freaking wedding performance. Gotta love it. They also have fun awoos and other vocable moments, like from Lemonade. In the end, is kind of jovial, celebratory, lively, in the vein of Once Again. This song is about mutually supporting each other, both providing comfort to the other, helping unburden each other. This theme about restoring your sense of hope and energy, they talked about in Sticker, Promise You, Superhuman, Right Now, B-sides and A-sides alike. They always add comfort and tenderness to their albums, despite all the fun and goofy hijinks as well. Speaking of fun goofiness, the next song is called LOL. More engine revving, love that. Talking about smiling big, throwing your worries away when you laugh. It's the best medicine. The last song is another fan song for us that Taeon and Mark helped write. It's called Time Stops 127. Again, the concept of you're dreaming, time being messed with. They actually say flip the hourglass, and the hourglass is a key prop in many of their past videos. References to wanting to stop the clock, time is running out fast, etc. So on point narratively, on point in terms of just a sweet fan song, on brand title-wise, on brand in every way. But what really impressed me about this album, Taken as a whole, is how many ways lyrically and sonically, and just personality-wise, vibe-wise, they brought to mind past eras, but not because of a copy-paste thing. Just in spirit, they recreated that stuff. So they're using their own NCT template again, clearly. This is clearly their album, no one else's. But it amazes me that they continue to do that in such different ways. They keep things so brand new for them. None of their songs are exactly like the other. They keep using the same go-tos that keep me excited and engaged with their work while simultaneously keeping it fresh. I mean, how many times can you include a whistle, or a na-na-na, or a giggle as the fun surprise in a song? Turns out infinite ways, and they keep trying, and they will keep experimenting, no matter what. So they both buck the trends and follow them with their own personal spin. This is a very NCT album, and also because they have those albums that you just have to give a real good open-minded try. You know, because there are some artists' work who you may just be a very casual fan, a casual listener, who checks out the highlight medley and uses that to kind of decide, okay, this is going on my playlist when it comes out. That full song I'm going to skip when it comes out, etc with them you can't do that. they always surprise you. when i listened to the highlight medley for two baddies, i was honestly underwhelmed, but the full songs sound nothing like the teasers, so you really do have to give them a full try, and you will see the kind of sonic roller coaster they create. it's very fun, when taken as a whole, not broken up into samples. more about this i'd talk about in that substack piece, but now let's just talk about the music video world, my big tinfoil hat, wearing theory brain is afoot, First of all, I theorize that the Two Baddies video is taking place in between dimensions. And they're long talked about state traveling between dimensions. Because everything's kind of a blur around them. They are embracing their neon, their neo-selves, as they have a weird, delayed trip through time. Their car's broken down, they're just going to stay in this middle ground, figuring out what's going on. Getting their bearings... They basically bring to life what Mark sings in End to Start when he says it's a blaze toward a blurred future that is literally shaking. This is that blurred, shaking future that they've actually kind of been revisiting more as time goes on. It was sort of introduced in Simon Says, but then we saw it in that past and future 2020 teaser. The city's a blur around them and Kick It and Punch. Now they are just in a scene that's blurrier, flying by as much as ever. So time is feeling ironically, as their music is all about. Time is flying by too fast and staying slow, staying paused in this state of limbo. So I think the location overall is significant, as well as the fact their car, the car that has appeared again and again in their work, is just hanging from a harness above them. Their trip is paused. I also find meaning in who drives the car in this video. He Chen and Doyan. Doyen in particular because he's really the one driving fast and outlandishly, like the one who's most likely to crash. He's the one also who, by doing so, seems to trigger a 2D animation to show up, this squiggle on the screen. He's blurring those lines between dimensions, the most overtly. And he's the one who was also kind of dimension hopping back in the Stage 3 2020 video, when he was in the clone of the car, listening to a clone of himself basically on the radio, I also noticed what seems like maybe just a cute random detail with that white teddy bear in his shirt pocket, but there was also a stuffed animal that Junwoo carried in the sticker promo. So I don't know if there's a connection there, but I love calling out parallels when I see them. Lastly, Junwoo and Jaehyun's black and white scene in that downpour. I just want to bring attention to it for the cinema of it all. Really stunning twist, and of course, there is some meaning there with the turn to black and white. I also find it interesting that the whole neon, glow-in-the-dark outfit theme is kind of a split-screen with other scenes in brightness, just like the split-screen feel of the sticker promo video. Some symbolism that does not reappear, that I actually think is meaningful because it's not there, includes like the resonance rings, and they used to always hold these sticks of light, lightsaber-type stuff. I think the reasons those staples are no longer there are because their characters in this story don't need them. They're in the higher dimension. They've gotten on the metaphorical train to Kwanya or whatever. So they don't need the superpower rings or whatever. They have the powers in them now. They've built up their strength to do this. If they reappear those symbols in the future, well, then I'm going to go back to saying, well, you know, the chronology here is not supposed to be super clear. So that could be a flashback. In the past, I reiterated the favorite monologue, the story favorite short film script previously, but I thought it would be worth revisiting some passages of it, skipping around a bit, but these are the quotes, and I think the overall premises and themes are so relevant to the themes in the lyrics on the new album that I feel like these eras are most closely tied together, favorite and two baddies. So here's what the story of favorite said. You'll pick up on very quickly why it made me think of these new songs. My time is forever. Perhaps saying doesn't flow would have been more right. That's why I like everything that has a beginning and ending. In my dream, tomorrow appears. There's no big meaning. My everyday is repeating the same anyway. This story began when you suddenly appeared. It's raining a lot, like in my dream. I'm sorry, but I let myself be remembered by you. I woke up from my dream. After meeting you, I found myself waiting for tomorrow. We spend our time laughing. You smiled like a child. Then I told you the truth. I gathered up my courage to confess, but you didn't believe what I said. You said you also like going on trips. You said you especially liked to see the colors of the sea. I finally told you about my identity, and you didn't do anything for a while. In my dream, I couldn't say it until the end, so I have no clue how you will react. The moment we looked at each other, we laughed out loud. I thought you were scared, yet you accepted me. I am thankful for that. The more we valued each other, the faster time passed, like a fast-forward button. It's rainy season soon. Should we see the sea? You're happy like a child. It seems that you're happy just by imagining it. The corners of my lips went up too, following you. I thought that you are similar to a fish, swimming freely in the vast world, unable to be captured, unable to stay. That's why I have no confidence to hear that you should live the same life as me. Will you be able to live a half-life in this free and endless time? I want you to sleep with the stars, have good dreams, and love the sea as you do. On my way back after driving you home, you weren't there, but the car was full of your presence. In the story of Favorite Short Film, it is worth noting that there's a teddy bear windshield toy in the car. Made me think of that teddy bear Taeon has now, just saying. On the day where we promised to see the sea together, I found out through my dream that it won't rain that day. I embraced you tighter so that you won't disappear. Now our time flows together, and that's how I thought that everything would be okay. You no longer appear in my dream. But then you came to me. It's a scene that I didn't see in my dream. You laughed as if nothing happened. It's strange. What is? I feel like you'll disappear. We're together forever now. There's no way I'll disappear. Despite that, the nightmare continues. In my dream, you eventually left me, and even though I know it's a dream, I opened my eyes out of pain. I closed my eyes tightly. I know that this is all a dream, and I couldn't turn it back. While it's raining outside, I opened my eyes, and you weren't there. After you left, I continued dreaming. Perhaps I could have made you smile more. If I made you cry a little less, maybe I could have kept you by my side forever. No matter how hard I tried, nothing changed in the end. After you left, we stopped, but I continued to flow, and that drives me crazy. I go back and forth endlessly into our terrible destiny that has been shattered. No matter how many times it is, it won't change. I can't help but to love and love you again. To go meet my sea that I can't see now, and to meet my you that I can't reach. These thoughts about a relationship really brought to mind to me the past and future monologue, talking about this unconscious sea, the sea of unconscious in your mind, and the conscious world and what expands limitlessly from the deep sea, this depth that is unknown and eternal of thought in your unconscious mind. And the parallel in the favorite era seemed to be them trying to take what can exist forever in their unconscious sea into the conscious world and realizing the limitations of that. This album does seem like, sonically and lyrically, it's a snapshot in time. It's packaging together their story so far, revisiting those themes, like the revisiting a photo book of memories. And as they do so, they remember things differently, maybe than ever before. This is why they have so many lyrics reflecting on memories, the passage of time, wanting to go to the sea, see the bottom of the sea, the flowing tomorrow, your time flowing at a different speed than your loved one. Dreams, the promises and perils of dreams, the rain, the downpour, it's all there again. So I think this album is meant to remind us that the story continues and is very related to Favorite. My main takeaway, if you want a big, big, broad takeaway, is that what continues to be eternally relevant when talking about NCT's discography is A Dream Within a Dream by Edgar Allan Poe that Johnny read on the airplane in the Stage 3 2020 video. I love the poem so much, it's really beautiful, and it puts it very interestingly. The fretting about the passage of time, the sand in your hourglass, slipping through your fingers, despite how much you try to grasp them. You can't even save a grain of sand forever, it's always going to go to the end. And the poem has those pivotal lines, you are not Ron deem that my days have been a dream. Yet if hope has flown away, in a night or in a day, in a vision or in none, is it therefore the less gun? Yeah, you try to make it rhyme. But anyway, he also says I stand amid the roar of a surf-tormented shore. The ocean waves, the comparing time to waves, and connecting that to the concept of the sea of unconsciousness, all of that ties together and is addressed again on this album and NCT's other work. So when in doubt about what the big theory is, the big sense of lore, of a deeper backstory here, the source of my theorizing basically, I always go back to what Johnny was reading on that plane, A Dream Within a Dream by Edgar Allan Poe, that is the ultimate go-to source to try to find ways to interpret their catalog. There are a lot of people who are probably like, hope you were way too much of a weird superfan. They probably didn't read so much into it and connect all these eras together you're reaching. Well, if you say that, fine, but first of all, congrats on being basic and boring. Second of all, part of my point is not to convince you my theories are right, but that they could be, you're telling me there's a chance, and that that's kind of the point is what's incredible is not specifically the ways their eras nod to each other, the ways they have easter eggs in their videos and stuff, but the fact that they do in thought-provoking ways. It's the fact that they are getting Me to and other fans to really analyze and speculate and reflect on the meaning of their work. That's what art should do. That's what music and other forms of art should do. Prompt people to personalize their experience consuming that media. Their interpretation of it, their sense of what it does in their life, what it makes them think about, what takeaways they have from it, how deep or not deep they want to interpret it, but it's theirs to interpret. And that personalization, that passing along a gift to fans to read into as little or as much as they want, that is what I think they do so well. That's the mark of a true artist. That's why I love NCT in a nutshell. That wraps up today's installment of NCT Talk. Obviously, much more to say in future installments. Make sure to subscribe at howtostand.substack.com to never miss an NCT update. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I'll talk to you all again soon. Bye, everybody, and thank you, NCT, for everything.